Hi there, and welcome to Season 2 of York Talks, a podcast for families wanting to learn more about how the York School, Toronto's leading co-ed independent school delivering the IB curriculum from JK to grade 12, views education. I'm your host, Natasha Esty. This season, join me in conversation with teachers from the junior, middle, and senior schools about their craft and get insights into some of the most progressive approaches to education today. It is still true that the bridge years between primary school and secondary school are a pivotal time for young adolescents whose bodies and minds are developing more rapidly than at any stage other than the first two years of life. Middle school can be tumultuous, but it can also be a lot of fun. It's a time when students really start to frame their future in terms of identity and interests. Today, I am speaking with two teachers who bookend the middle school experience. Teresa McDonald joined the York School nine years ago after teaching overseas in Germany. She is a science and math teacher and is currently one of our grade six homeroom teachers. Shelley Gopel has a Master of Educational Technology. She has been at the York School for over 15 years, teaching students in grades 7 through 10. Shelley is currently one of our grade 8 homeroom teachers, and she's also our DEI chair. Shelley, Teresa, welcome to York Talks. Thank you. Thanks so much for having us. <laughs> so I always start with this question. I'd really like, love to begin by understanding your journeys to teaching and obviously teaching IB. Um, I know I mentioned, Teresa, that you've taught in Germany, but any sort of international teaching experiences you've had and the whole draw to being an IB educator. And then finally, the kind of focus on teaching tweens, I guess, is really your the sweet spot that you found yourself in. So I don't know if um, who would like to go first. Anyone can start. I can jump in. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I think it's interesting when I think about uh, why I got into teaching. I um, When I think back to being in university, I initially thought that I would do something probably in the area of health science. And so I was thinking, yeah, this is what, I, what I'm going to do. And as I kind of continued in that, that area, I ended up taking a course in uh, health and wellness. And as part of that course, there was a service learning aspect. And in one of the terms, I ended up doing an exercise program with adults that had um, some different mental health conditions. And so it was part of a community organization and trying to get adults physically active again. And I loved it. And it was it was challenging. There was a piece of it that I thought, oh, I, I don't know. I don't know about standing up in front of these groups of people. And I, I don't know if I have any expertise in this area. And it was interesting because I think that I was always really introverted and it was tough for me, the thought of doing that, but I ended up really enjoying it. And then in the second term that year, it was a preschool placement. So I was with students who are children who were three and four years old. And it was funny because I had that same feeling. I was like, oh, I don't know what's standing up in front of these three and four year olds. And then I ended up loving it. And so it was kind of in, in that area that I started thinking well, I do really enjoy this. And I like the challenges that are just naturally part of teaching. And so, you know, I wasn't a teacher in either of those roles, but it was really my first introduction to it. And I, I sort of just continued from there, ended up um, 
leaving Nova Scotia. That's where I was from, like Shelley, and um, <laughs> ended up moving to Alberta. And I taught there for a number of years in the in mostly uh, math and science. Uh, started mostly in senior school and then went down to, to middle school and then followed up um, after that teaching in Germany, which was my first introduction to the IB. And then eventually here to Toronto. And that's the last nine years. <laughs> Teresa, I've known you for so long and um, I didn't know. We have another thing in common besides being from Nova Scotia is that I also was um, into health sciences and wellness. And I was kind of confused about my, where I wanted to do, what I want to do with my life. I, I went, got into nursing school. Um, but then didn't, that didn't give me the passion. I didn't attend. And I was like, oh, it doesn't feel good. A friend of mine was into health sciences. And I got introduced to a, um, a program at Dow, the health education um, program. And so like you, similar to you, I worked in, there's two placements. One was a community placement. And I worked for uh, AIDS Nova Scotia, HIV and AIDS Nova Scotia, and did a placement there. And again, like you, Oh my gosh, I got to get up here and talk about and help people. Uh, uh, everybody's looking at me. Loved it. Loved it. Um, and then uh, I had a grade four placement. So there was a community placement and then the education placement. And I went to a grade four class throwing up the day before because I was oh. so nervous. <laughs> so nervous. Um, I had the time of my life. The kids made me laugh so much. And then I thought, I can do this. And I had a really great time. And so um, went into the, there's two routes. So I went to the education route. And I guess, you know, also my paternal grandfather uh, was a teacher and a principal in Kenya. And my mom also a teacher in India. So I, I guess it was kind of in my blood, but I just, I'm so fascinated. I didn't know that about you. That's funny, Shelley. My maternal grandfather was a teacher and a principal. And my mom is also, she's a nursing professor. So yeah, a teacher as well. Look at that. I didn't know those things. Look at us figuring this oh, out after know. nine years. That. <laughs> it's not so funny. Um, anyway, so uh, I actually couldn't get a job in Canada after I graduated. So I ended up teaching in Japan uh, for a couple of years. And then I moved to Australia and taught there for a couple of years and then Switzerland for a couple of years. Um, and then I did a little, I did an IT placement in New York city. So I took a little break. And then, uh, I did a few years in Toronto at a, another independent school. Uh, but I was really kind of drawn to the IBs, the IB schools. Um, and the York school was on the list there. And I was really, I love the idea of how it really tries to connect, you know, their studies, student studies with the real world. So that was something that I found really um, interesting and in trying to figure that out. And what about the kind of like sweet spot of teaching this age group? Because I know that when you really love teaching this particular age group, like you really do love it. So what is it about teaching tweens that that is, has appealed to you as you've you know kind of grown professionally as educators? I, I think for me, one of the big parts is they are really at a point in their lives that they're starting to figure out a lot about themselves. They're starting to ask a lot of questions and they're just really 
willing to try new things. So they're willing to try. When I think of my grade sixes, they are excited and they are willing to try it. So they'll say, oh, you know, this is something new. Let's give it a try. They're, they're on board. And I think that that's, it's exciting and they're having fun and they tend to have fun with things that as an adult, sometimes you create a lesson and you think, okay, this is, we got to get through this. And then they're looking at it and they're like, all right, yeah, let's have fun with this as well. And I think that that's a piece of it is that their energy is still really Mm. high. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of the, the area that I think about with them in this, the the tween age. (laughs) And how about you, Shelley? Um, I think it's a little bit different from the grade six to grade eight. Like yeah. it's only a couple of years, but um, it is, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting time in grade eight. Like Teresa was saying, they're trying to figure out who they are in the world, um, where they place. But when they get to about grade eight, it's, you know, they're not quite children young, but they're on their, you know, barking adolescence right Mm -hmm. so it's it's really fascinating to watch um I love the fact that they are getting becoming more independent and I can have more mature conversations with them that's pretty fun and and to see where their thought process is at the same time I cringe at sometimes being a grade eight it's not easy it's not Mm. easy being grade eight um so you know do you remember when you were grade eight it was Oh, I do. (laughs) Figuring out like friendship groups and, you know, your romantic relationships and trying to fit in and maybe not really finding your groove there. So I, I, I I really um, enjoy, I guess, working on the social emotional aspect of that age group and, you know, trying to be a good role model, but also at the same time, somebody they can lean into and help with their, um, you know, decision making and that kind of thing. So that's, that's what I really like about it. I like that aspect a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty special time, you know, in, in many ways. And I think that uh, our middle school experience, I think it, all of the pieces that have been set up to, to support that time, you know, it's, it's really clear. Um, what or who inspires you in your work these days? That's a really easy question for me. Mm. Um, it is my colleagues. We at the York School are incredibly fortunate with the people that we work with, whether they be, um, you know, our, our teaching partners or, you know, like I look, Teresa and I don't teach the same grade, uh, but it's, it's, they really push me to, uh, when I see the passion that the teachers have here to be to try new things, to take risks and, um, you know, the support I think is really Mm -hmm. phenomenal. And we get into some really great deep conversations. I really love the community that we have, um, as educators there, but also my students who have left me and gone to high school and I see them sometimes they inspire me because Mm. they come back and say, Hey, thank you. Or, Oh, I remember when we were in grade eight, Miss Copel, and blah 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 blah, and tell me a story. Um, and I see, I see them just, you know, bloom and blossom, and uh, it inspires me to to do the best I can. That's great, Teresa. Yeah. How about you? 
I completely agree, Shelley. I think that what what you're saying in, in both aspects, so with colleagues, because I think we're also really fortunate when I think about moving here to Toronto nine years ago and thinking, well, I'm ne- for starters, I'm never going to live in Toronto. And then having been here and you, you actually, you are friends with the people you work with. And I know sometimes this is surprising to students when they see you and they see you places and they're like, no, these really are my friends. Like these are people that are really important. And, Mm -hmm. and I think that we are really fortunate that we are able to build those relationships. And, and because of that, there's that trust piece there. So I know that, you know, Shelly teaches grade eight and she's a good friend of mine and I can pop into her classroom and ask a question and know that, oh, okay, I'm going to feel supported. I'm going to feel like I, I am able to ask the questions that I need. And I think that that is, is really unique as well, because I don't think it is like that everywhere. Um, and so I also think the piece that Shelley said about students, another piece of it being unique is that K to 12 piece. Mm-hmm. So, you know, our students are grade, you know, in our building are grade six to 12. And so sometimes, you know, you'd finish teaching a student in grade six, you might see them again when they're in grade seven and eight, but then that, that might be it. Yep. But we have that ability to, to see them and see them blossoming and growing and graduating and coming back and visiting. And it is, I think it's something that's really special. I always feel like that's one of the the greatest feelings of fulfillment um, sometimes, you know, with, with being an educator is that moment when you realize that you actually have a tremendous impact on, on a lot of lives over the years. Mm. And it's tremendous. Um, so wanting to switch gears a little bit here. And I, um, again, I've been asking um, during my other uh, episodes about, what it would be like to be a fly on the wall in your classroom lately. Um, you know, the things that uh, I would hear, I would experience. What I think that people would see if they came into my classroom is there's a lot of laughter, a lot of laughter. So um, I think that that's a piece that's really important, especially when we look at, you know, it, it's tough. And I think of things that I dealt with when I was, you know, 11 years old in grade six. And I think of the pieces that they are dealing with and having that safe space to just be 11 and be silly and be young. And I I feel like it's so important to have those spaces. This past week or the week before, actually, uh, we finished reading our novel study, The Giver. And mm. The Giver ends in a real cliffhanger. And <laughs> it's so funny because the, the reaction that they had was just like, what? <laughs> and so it was like big, like emotions are big. You hear a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of excitement, but it's exactly about something like that. So it's a novel that they're reading and that they have excitement about. Um, I think you'd also hear a lot of questions. So them asking me a lot of questions, me asking them a lot of questions, setting them up to ask each other, um, because it's that idea of problem solving. There's a lot of problem solving that that's Mm. always happening. And so I think that that is a really, a really big piece just of of being in middle school uh, is that problem solving and learning how to problem solve. So what Mm -hmm. do I do? Who can I ask? What can I figure out myself? And so um, I, I think a lot of those those pieces and part of that problem solving is making a lot of mistakes to help you solve those problems. Um, you would see a lot of kids on whiteboards. So we use these little mini whiteboards because the idea that 
put your answer on there. You don't have to worry. Sometimes it's hard to even take a pen and put it to paper or to Mm -hmm. chart paper. Um, It's kind of sometimes you have that block. And so there, get get it on there. Oh, you can wipe it off. Don't worry about it. What did you learn from that? And Mm -hmm. I feel like that problem solving piece and making mistakes and learning from it and having that safe space where they can do that is, I hope what uh, they feel. And I hope what people would feel when they came into our classroom. That's magic. I love that. Shelly, what, what would be what it would what would it be like to be a fly in the wall in your classroom recently? I guess it depends on, on really what we're doing. So uh, English has been we just started book clubs. So that is really fa- fabulous. It's one of my favorite units of the year. Um, we're able to, you know, choose a couple books, uh, four or five books over the summer and we present to them and they get to choose one that comes of interest to them. And what are the books that are in this book club? I'm so mm-hmm. curious to know. What are they? Do you remember all the titles? So, yeah, the books are Pet, uh, Like a Love Story, Monday's Not Coming, uh, All American Boys, and The Rules of Survival. Oh, wow. So they, there's five books, but each, uh, you know, it's funny because one class, I, I teach two classes, so one class uh, didn't choose Pet at all, so fine. And the other class didn't choose all American boys at all. So it's just interesting, you know, but uh, mm-hmm. they're all very, this is the first year I've, I haven't heard a complaint about a book. So that's great. It, it's so funny. We just started it. So they just started reading it. And then the next class, they came back and said, ah, Miss Gopal, these books, I go, what? They're, we love them. So that that's so fabulous that they love them. And they comment every year, they comment, such a big difference from grade seven to eight. And I said, really, why? <laughs> well, there's swearing words in some of the books. <laughs> and I, just, I go, I know, but we, I, I, you know, we talk about it at the beginning of the year, like some of the books are mature themes and um, you're going to have some, maybe there's some language, but we're going to like, let's talk about why that language is there. And we, you know, we, we talk about, but I guess they're just, you know, it's just such a jump and they're about the love for the books is just fabulous. So they go into off to the groups and they're nonstop talking and I have a hard time bringing them back mm. to class because they're just in love with the book. So that is right now what's going on in my class. Um, like Teresa, a lot of questions. I, I do think that it comes off of, you know, trying to find um, coming back from, from being away, you know, yeah. remote learning, yeah. COVID. Um trying to get back into structures. Uh, so it's, it sometimes can be a little bit chaotic. I think, you know, there's a lot of, you know, wanting to hear your voice with a group of people and offering opinions and a lot of shout outs. And um, so that that's happening a lot. Uh, and we try to allow space for that as well in the class, but um, at the same time, you know, um, trying to learn what it's like to be back in the classroom. You've sort of touched on this already in in just talking about what it would be like to to be in your classroom recently, and it's this whole idea of how we bring sort of joy and fun into learning. It's a theme that came out during our recent um, virtual open house um, that Helen Jin was speaking to a little bit is is the the importance of that. And I'm just curious to know, you know, some other ways that you you try and, and bring that into the experience. We're pretty creative with our assessments, I think, across the grade. I think maybe Teresa could speak to hers, too, as well. But, uh, for example, uh, you know, in um, our first unit in English, we did uh, 
Trevor Noah's book and they had to do a mind map. So it was quite creative mm-hmm. uh, rather than a, just, you know, a test. I mean, we do have a test as well, but I think that that helps to, um, you know, just get some fun and, and joy into that. And this, this unit coming up, we're doing a Harkness discussion. So in our humanities lesson, so that's like a round table uh, discussion, not a debate, but learning together by reading. Um, and that kind of, you know, complements the book clubs because we also are working on our social skills using people's names, making eye contact, uh, body language. Uh, but yeah, I think that those kinds of um, differentiated assessments are really important. I think another way would be looking at it from just, I'm thinking of one particular unit right now, but the the lens of being hands-on and real life applications to um, different activities and assignments. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just completed our uh, interdisciplinary unit uh, between its uh, grade six science, our flight unit, and in design they are uh, building rockets. And so this year we we really changed it up because it, it's funny, we're teaching them about flight and we had them, you know, making paper airplanes and making really unique flying devices in the past. But this year we decided to really look at it from the aspect of a planning lab. And so something that we do in the MYP and because grade six is year one of the MYP in science, they're introduced to this aspect of a, a planning lab. So they are starting to actually make their own designs. And so we connected with um, uh, design class where, okay, so when we talk about rockets, it's kind of hard to to imagine, oh, we're going to space, but they actually are 3D printing parts of rockets and they go and they launch them. And then we use that data and we use that to actually make decisions about the design moving forward. And they are truly doing it. And I think that it's, it's really neat because if I think about you know, oftentimes some of these concepts, so these are physics concepts that we're looking at in in grade six, they're tough. They're not always accessible to students this age, but because we can do it with the design class and they're actually using that process of figuring out the fin design and 3D printing it and where's it going to go on the rocket and what data can I use? It actually makes it realistic to them because they are doing it. They are launching it. They are building it. Um, And I think that that is one of the pieces that they get excited about it. So, yeah. So I'm curious to know what it means to you each to be a 21st century progressive educator. I think a piece of it is exactly, in a sense, what we were just talking about. It's making things applicable to students, uh, making it applicable, making it appropriate for their age level. I think that we we tackle some really big conversations and we do it at age appropriate levels. We don't say, oh, I'm not going to have that conversation or I'm not going to cover that topic or we're not going to um, learn about this piece in science um, Instead, we look at it from their lens. And so I feel like that's a big piece of of 21st century learning and the idea that, you know, taking in some of those design thinking components to it. So, okay, well, why, why, 
what is it that we're learning? Why are we learning this? How are we learning this? Um, and then, you know, going back to that lens as, oh, okay, as an 11 or 12 year old, how are we looking at it? And so I think that that being adaptable in, in that sense, I even think back to when I first started teaching it, it was, oh, here's the task, you're going to do this, and that's it. Instead, it's now, well, what's your role? So the person who's doing the assignment, what's their role doing the assignment? Why are they doing it? What's the outcome of this? And I feel like that's a big part of that. 100%. Yeah, I would agree with Teresa. You know, she's touched on those the points of flexibility and being adaptive. Also with, you know, the new teaching and learning environments, especially after during during and still during COVID, we we have to adapt quickly to those kind of environments. And um, looking at a flexibility in the classroom, like Teresa said, things are are different than when we were growing up. It's you know we have to be open. This, our students are so um, they're so able to find information on their own, mm-hmm. um, find ways of doing things. So I think also being, you know, a progressive educator is being able to learn from our students as well and being accepting of we don't know everything. We don't know all the answers because they can find out sometimes more information than us. So being a lifelong learner is, I think, really uh, important, especially also with the abundance of technology that is out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. To keep up with that. it's big. And again, like what Teresa said is the interdisciplinary approach. I think as educators, we have to always kind of not just read in our subject areas, but, you know, I have to know what's going on in the science realm because that kind of fits in to things that I'm doing. And I, I think that that's really important to make those connections. And as you sort of look ahead to the future of K-12 education, what do you get excited about? I get really excited about the idea that I feel like we're now starting to focus more into not just what we learn, but how we learn. And I feel like there is um, a bigger focus in that area. And I think because of that, things that excite me thinking about moving forward in education is really what we were just talking about before. So the idea of interdisciplinary learning. So I love thinking about the idea that we're not just looking anymore at subjects as, well, this is math, this is science, this is humanities, this is English, there we go. But instead, looking at schooling more holistically, um, that's something that, to me, really excites me, thinking about moving forward in education. I also love thinking about what schools look like, what our classrooms actually look like, what those spaces are, how are those spaces used Because, you know, I think what's interesting is a lot of models of schools and what schools look like and what classrooms look like are based on a style of teaching and a way of learning that is not really how we learn and how we teach now. And so Mm, I think that that's something that's that's exciting thinking about about that moving forward in education. I think also education is looking at how we can be more inclusive. So looking at our texts and our resources, um, asking ourselves whose voices are being centered and whose voices are being, are missed. Um, Really trying to bring awareness to our students about their positionality in the world is exciting to me because it, Mm -hmm. it, in a way that, you know, it's not, they just never thought about it. 
people, we don't think about our privilege, right? Me as a person doesn't think about my privilege. So talking about those kinds of things, I think is really exciting. Um, and, you know, our students are, are our future. And we've heard that, you know, it's like a tagline, students are our future. But they really are able to see, you know, what they can do with their positionality. They are the change makers. And it doesn't have to be this grandiose thing, right? Just changes are, are just, it could be small. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's um, mm-hmm. pretty, that, I think that's pretty exciting for me to see that uh, we're, we're moving in a direction um, in education that way. Yeah, absolutely. I agree too. Um, this is great. <laughs> great conversation I'm like good uh really uh you know I think about what it would be like to be in a you know in a in a middle school classroom um at the York school and just uh and touching on all of the things that we have touched on um over the past half hour so uh I really appreciate the the candor and and what you've shared is there anything else you'd like to say about this topic that you've hadn't had a chance to to share that you'd like to share before we finish Oh, great. I'm good. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for having us. Yeah. Thank you, Natasha. Yeah. This is, this has been wonderful. Thank you very much. Our middle school students are lucky to have teachers like Shelly and Teresa, teachers who bring joy into learning along with problem solving and real life applications. Teachers who are focused on how students learn as well as what they learn and what they can do with their positionality in the world. Follow the hashtag YorkLearns on Twitter to see more of the middle school in action. You can find Shelley Gopal on Twitter at Shelley Gopal and Teresa McDonald at Ms. T. McDonald. Please see the show notes for this episode for links to the books in Shelley's book club and more information about the Harkness method she mentioned. Visit York Talks online at www.yorkschool.com slash admission slash York Talks dash podcast. Subscribe to York Talks where you get your podcasts and tell other families wanting to learn more about how the York School approaches education. I'm your host, Natasha Esty. I hope you enjoyed the conversation today. Please join us again for more York Talks.